0: There, uh, yeah we're good we're good we're good <clears throat> all right welcome, people we're back again another episode this one has been a long time coming we've been meaning to do this for a long time but due to conflicting schedules time constraints food in the oven all types of stuff man it's been it's been crazy <laughs> but no, nevertheless no, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but nevertheless we're here um so i'll allow him to introduce himself before we even get into that into that Right now it's your boy J. Oh my days almost called myself <laughs> English English English. I oh, just call myself
1: oh, JT. Thanks.
0: Yeah. I can be JT for today. Yeah, yeah, I'm JT. And and, and my a lovely yeah. co-host is, is this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. So
2: <laughs> Mad, man, man, tell man.
0: the people who you are, what you do, just just let them know, man.
2: Um well I'm Camille. Um from Hamel, I play basketball pretty much. That's all I do. Um, been out of school for like two years now, so I've just been playing academy basketball full time, pretty much, just training every single day. Um, yeah, basketball is just what I do. I guess that's everything I got to say about that. Ball is a life. Ball is a life. Yeah, right. man. Ball is life for sure. Yeah.
1: But, um, All right, man. Let's yeah. go on,
2: go
0: on, Jay.
1: Hmm?
0: Go on, Jay. What
1: are you gonna say to me? Oh no, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, run us through. Cause you see what. I've I knew you as the rapper. I I <laughs> knew you as Camille the rapper. So oh, tell me, I kn- I know that you were good no. at basketball. I knew that. I knew from time that you were good at basketball from what I've heard in it. Yeah. Um. Nah,
2: that now. was a phase. That was a
1: phase. That sure. was a phase. So run me through the love for basketball, how you know the transition, where you at now, um, where you started,
2: yeah. what the yeah. plans are. Uh, yeah,
1: run us through everything.
2: Um. So with basketball, it's kind of like it's a thing where it's always been a part of my life. I always had a basketball, always had a hoop or something that resembled a hoop. I always played in my backyard. It was always just something that I enjoyed doing, but it was never something that I played like in organized sports. I was never part of a team until a late stage. Um, I'm from France where football is very, very, very famous and known. everybody wants to be a footballer when you grow up. So I grew up playing football. But then when I moved to the UK, when I was like, 12 I started playing more and more basketball like when I joined I think it was like year five primary school I started playing in the playground stuff like that and I really started to enjoy it but I never actually joined the club until I moved um, to Ham, because that's where I managed to go to trials and join teams and stuff like that so really and truly I've only been playing elite basketball for about three four years now but I've come such a long way and, and I've developed pretty quickly to the point where I've been able to catch up to those who have been playing for way longer than me. Mm. So I guess with that, it's like, my love for basketball has always been that. Mm-hmm. And it's still growing because of the fact that I joined so late, it's still growing. So every day I'm still learning new things, still enjoying. Yeah. And yeah it's just, I'm just enjoying the process. But
1: yeah. Um, that's good man that's good
2: yeah that's
0: awesome that's awesome okay so what, what was it like what was it like going through school and pursuing wanting to pursue a life of sport because I know that in school it can be kind of hard the teachers yeah. is immediately that you're not going to make it they just kind of yeah. assume that whatever you're doing you should have some sort of backup line and that what if you get injured and this and this and that they begin to sort of catastrophize in their, in their brain thinking that oh this can't be so what was it like mm-hmm what kind of response did you get from your peers as well as from teachers and and how was the support at home in terms of what you were trying to achieve?
2: I think the number one thing when people started realizing that I was really invested into the sport and I was really putting in work every single day, a big thing that people started to talk to me about was like yo you need to think about a plan B or you need to think about what you're gonna do in case this doesn't go well and that's really kind of a big pressure that kind of people put on you like I'm sure you know as well as an athlete that people just keep telling me like oh if this doesn't go well what are you going to do what are you going to do mm-hmm. um, but I'm trying to see it as like there is no plan b like there is no way that it's not going to happen do you know what I'm saying like by mm-hmm. necessary. and I think growing up in school playing sports especially in the UK it's not as it's not as serious as certain other countries like especially for basketball like for example in the states basketball is not taken as seriously as it is is here than it is in America and so people would automatically think that you're just doing it because you want to have fun they're not taking your dream seriously and I think that's a big challenge to to face from a young age it's kind of like you kind of have to just channel your focus and not listen to what the teachers are saying and that's not what you're supposed to be doing but in my situation, that's what I had to do to be able to focus on me.
0: I agree. I agree massively. I had the same thing when I was going through school. Eighty-five yeah. percent were definitely supportive and they understood what I was trying to do and they were encouraged me to go through it. Yeah. But you had they just kind of think, Oh, it's not gonna work out. What if you get injured? Blah 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 blah. They don't see it. But it's partly because they don't know what you do, they have no idea what you do at training, they have no idea how much time you put into it, they have no idea your mindset or your your mental state as to how you yeah. feel.
2: They don't see where you wanna go, yeah
0: no they have an idea they very
2: yeah.
0: it's a very sm- <clears throat> small small viewpoint they have on on dreams because a lot of the time um some people didn't have the opportunity to pursue their dream as a child so they want to do everything they can to diminish other people's dreams so they don't
2: oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So they they sort of um see it they don't have to be, see it and be a part of it for themselves when they could just join in they could join in be a part of that dream yeah. see something just yeah. drop off i 100% agree with you nice. um which would then lead me on next to sort of ask you, in terms of progression, because we all know there is sort of limited um, availability in terms of high-level basketball here. Of course, we have the BBL oh, yeah. League, which is fantastic, but there's always a next step up. So yeah. when did you realise, OK, I need to go on to that next step? And, and what sort of steps have you taken to, to do that?
2: Right. So I'm going to take you through from secondary school up until now, uh-huh. uh, which is around three, four years now. Um, around when I was in secondary school I was in about year 10 year 11 when I really started taking basketball like seriously and I remember I was playing in the sixth form team I think you were in that team as well mm-hmm. um, but I just remember it was just like it was just like a regular just school league you know it was like a one game every three four weeks or so it wasn't nothing serious um, so it really started getting seriously when I started playing for Oakland um, Oakland's College which is a team that's in the EABL league that's like the elite academy squads in the UK, so like all the under nineteen stuff. Um, but I didn't actually get to play for the first team because I just wasn't good enough. I, I started working hard and hard and hard. I got to a point where I believed I was good enough, but my coaches just kind a blind eye to me. Um, I felt like actually my time at Opens was it was needed because I got to see how the whole system works because it's a lot bigger than just basketball. There's a lot of things to do with like the way the coaches move the way the coaches think it's a lot more than just can you put a ball in the basket like so it kind of opened my eyes as to the way people think and the way people in the organizations think um, and so overall I'm not going to say I had a bad experience because I developed really like a lot over there turned into like a, a proper athlete um but I just had to move and go to another club where I was going to get the opportunity to play at a higher level and actually play where I want to play. You know what I mean? And so I spent two years at the academy playing for the second team, which was still in the performance part of the academy, but not really, not quite as good as the first team. Um, We had a good season, though. I remember in my first year, I think we went, literally went unbeaten in the league. Only one game we lost was in the cup. So we were a pretty good team. Mm. Uh, That was a really good year for me. A lot of good guys that I met. So a lot of training sessions we've done. It's always good memories when you're playing with with the same people every day, just doing what you love, to be honest. Um, and then after that, um, second season, obviously COVID, so a lot of people got impacted by that. Um, season was literally cancelled for me. So all second year was, was me just hooping in my front yard, to be honest. Wow. So crazy about that. Yeah. Um, so that, at that point, I guess I was kind of worried as to where my future of basketball would end up because I was at home for like six months, not doing anything. Mm. And a lot of other people were as well. Like there was a huge pressure, especially for all the other athletes who were kind of thinking like, where am I going to go after this? Cause is it even, even going to go back to normal? Cause at the time you, you we didn't even know where it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so During COVID is when I got into contact with other coaches. I tried to use that time to put myself out there to set myself up so when COVID is over, I can really just go and do what I want to do. And that's when Sheffield came along. Um, Coach from Sheffield Elite uh, basketball team, also in the EBL, the North Conference. I came into contact with him through some players that I knew, talked to him, sent him my tape, and we scheduled a meeting after COVID, Tryouts and went pretty well, and from that point on, I had a really good experience with the Sheffield Elite Academy. I just uh, finished my last year there, so in March we just finished, finished um, top four in the country, which is a huge achievement. Massive, the academy. Um, it was the first time that we also made playoffs, so it was just a really, really big turnaround year for me, uh, with the guys that I met, the level that I played against, especially some really good guys in that team, and it really challenged me and put me in a good position. Um, and I would say that third year was really the turnaround point for me because now I feel a lot more confident in my basketball ability, knowing that I've played at that high level, that I've managed to play in that first team, play in the actual EABL squad. Oh. Um, and, um, yeah, that that was really a turnaround year for me so far. Would you say, wow. Oakland's,
1: would you say Oakland's was the... Was the factor that allowed you to feel like you could believe again in that in that in that playing at a high level? And do you think that there needs to be more Oakland's colleges? It's in general because there's not many as far as I know, there are not many colleges that that prioritize sport. Like because mm-hmm. because you said the American culture is crazy when it comes to all types of sports, from football to baseball to whatever. So do yeah. you feel like there needs to be more colleges um, that prioritize sport, like Oakland's, that can allow people to get these type of opportunities mm-hmm. that you're getting?
2: I definitely feel like there should be more like money being put into the infrastructure of sports as a whole, not even just basketball, but sports as a whole in mm-hmm. the UK. But basketball is a huge sport where it's not being funded enough to the point where there's a lot of people in this country that want to play basketball. At the it's a growing sport here. Yeah, mm-hmm. like The culture is growing, but I don't feel like, you know, there's enough money being put into the into the youth academy, elite academy leagues. And I think that's a big thing that people should look onto into investing because there's some really, really good talents coming out of this country so far. There's a lot of guys that I've seen go to America, a lot of guys I've seen go pro. Uh Um, There's really, really a lot of talent in this country. I think if we invest, then we can really, really up the level and make basketball one of the main sports for sure. And I feel Oakland's, yeah, it was definitely... As much as it hurt, like the time that I was there, I remember a lot of the time I was there, I was hurt because I wasn't being given the opportunities, but that's what made me work harder. So at the same time, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would have worked as hard as I did to be able to get myself to another club where I was in a better position to play. Right. So it's a lesson, to be honest.
0: What changed? in terms of, did 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 some kind of switch flip in your mind? What changed about the way that you you started to see what you needed to do? What changed about the company you were keeping, the things that you're doing on a daily basis, the routine of your life? Like what kind of things like really changed as you began to sort of realize what you wanted to do and what you wanted to achieve?
2: I think living alone and away from family played a huge role in that because I had to kind of grow up really quickly um, and be able to get myself into a routine. Where it was sustainable, where I could really benefit from it and not just you know do the the like mediocre amount so I think living alone away from family up north in a brand new place where I had no idea where to go what to do, that was a huge challenge, a huge mental challenge, and I think that's what flipped the switch for me in terms of putting in all that work because when I was there, that's all there was to do and so I was like to myself, I'm either going to be here and not make the most of it, or I'm going to be here and work as hard as I can and come back better. So I think the whole moving away and playing for a team away from home is the big the big like turnaround for me, definitely, especially with the mental challenges that you go through. As an athlete, it's, it gets pretty tough sometimes with the pressure, things going around with you, maybe like friends, family and stuff. It's hard to kind of keep it all in. And I think that's a big challenge and it makes you stronger in the long run.
0: I agree. I agree massively. And from a, from things like a diet perspective and training, where, where were you getting your information about what you needed to do? And what sort of players do you take inspiration from? Is there a particular player or players or a team that suits your system, whether it be NBA or in, in Europe? Like what kind of things did you take inspiration from? What kind of things were you taking from training-wise and preparation?
2: I think... Um, when it comes to workouts, uh, such as like the gym and dieting, I've always been like a gym rat. I, I just love going to the gym. So even before I came to Sheffield, I was kind of confident with, with working out, going to the gym and stuff. So workouts is kind of is kind of a second nature thing to me. I didn't really do much research on it just because I already knew a lot. Um, but when it came to dieting, moving away from home and doing your own shopping really gets you like. It really gets you putting together diet plans and stuff because, like, you have the opportunity to do it. Whereas when I'm at home, it's kind of like, ah, like, there might be something, like, in a fridge that's tempting to have, you know what I mean? Whereas when I'm living alone, I don't usually buy these things, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't buy snacks when I'm living alone and stuff Mm. like
0: that.
2: I think on a dieting, like, spectrum of things, I got most of my information from YouTube at the start of the season. I started, like... um. Like I looked to a lot of NBA players who were training in the off season. Um, I was watching a lot of, uh, I don't know if you know Killian Hayes. He's like a second year. Uh,
0: yeah, plays for the Pistons. Yeah,
2: Pistons. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching his um, YouTube. He's got actually a couple of videos where they show his like workout routines in the postseason and stuff like that. Um, and I tried to map myself around those kind of players because similar build, similar similar playing style. Mm. And um, kind of just did that to prepare myself. And when it came to dieting, I actually find it quite fun just putting meals together and stuff. Doing your own grocery shopping therefore helps. It's just a whole organisation of things. It therefore helped. Just being away from home was the huge change again. I think that's what changed it all for me. How do you deal with that in terms of like coming? Let's say coming
1: from training, you're knackered, gym, you're knackered, Like you have to cook. Just the whole process of that, like, is it not? Is it not tiring at sometimes, or is it more like? It's discipline. It's it, you gotta you gotta stay disciplined. You gotta remember that <laughs> that one meal that
2: you have. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, definitely. Um, I think that's one thing I found out pretty quick was that I can't be coming home from three hours plus of training and having to cook still. So in okay. the first week, I was struggling. I was I was really I couldn't cook at all. So I had to learn pretty quick, yeah. and I just found that doing meal prep was actually the way to go. So. Every Sunday I would just do like seven days worth of meal prep. So I'll just get containers, put food in every one of those containers that way. When I come back from training and stuff, all I go do is put in the microwave heat up and I got a meal there and it's freshly made for me. So I know exactly what's in there. I think that's something I had to learn pretty quick. Um, and it made my cooking better as well, because I had to I had to cook in big batches. I had to cook different meals to make sure I'm eating different things and not getting bored of it as well. So um when it comes to that, I was pretty organized to be honest. Just the first week, but then I got into the hang of it, and it was just meal prep from them, to be honest. That's good, man. That's good. That's yeah.
0: good. that's good. That's very good. Very disciplined, especially at your your age. Not many people are yeah. sort of willing to do those sort of things. You know, that's 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 amazing. Um, that then then leads me on to my next question. What what are you doing now in terms of what is the current situation that you're in basketball wise, and what you what are you looking to do next? Like, what are, what are your next steps? in trying to get yourself to the highest level possible?
2: So right now we're about two months after the end of the season. So it's been about two months already. I took a break for about two, three weeks just to let my body heal and rest. And ever since then, I've been back on it, just just training. But this time I'm trying to lift heavier, run faster, all of that, trying to really um, gain some mass before before next season. Um, So right now I'm just going to the gym, uh, shooting, doing all my workouts as usual but I'm doing it to a higher rate now that I've got more time Uh, I've got less time going to training and stuff I've pretty much got the whole day so um there's 24 hours in a day there's so much you can do with it so I'm trying to use my time to the best I can um for what's next um so right now I'm kind of just trying to put myself out there trying to get into contact with coaches in America Europe wherever it is to be honest. but I just want to be at the next level um and I got I do have some information, but I'm not gonna give away too much just yet. Listen, um, don't say anything you don't need to, right? Not too uh, yet. Yeah. Not yeah. yet. But I am working towards it just trying to get myself ready for next year. That's good. And um, to be able to come back even better, even stronger, everything.
0: So disclaimer, I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not I'm not saying anything. And when he's ready to release this information, we're gonna release it on the Vision Podcast yes, as well. Sir yes
2: sir but just know that for now i'm getting myself ready mentally and physically it's, it's a big change so
0: that's what's up man that's crazy that's that's amazing man and, and we'll be supporting every 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 step of the way because this is the beginning of the journey for you and and am sure. happy because for for most people people think that sport isn't an avenue at all like it's not something that you can do they think it's so important like oh these guys are so big so it's all these guys are All blah, blah 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 they don't feel as if there's an opportunity because in school no one will tell you that oh you should pursue sport even if you're amazing at it they just think oh you're good at it you'll do it for the time that you're here and then you go get a job doing whatever whatever yeah. you know which some people is the case but I think a career in sport is definitely something more people should be able to pursue especially yeah. if dream like so many kids have the dream of becoming a footballer or becoming a this or this or that and they just there's... quit exactly yeah, they're getting told at school, oh, I can't, you can't do this, you can't do that. You can put, do anything that you put your mind to, especially if it's your yeah. dream, you should do everything that you've got, you know, and I stand by that.
2: Definitely. And I think there's so many people that I know that I remember growing up, they were, they were so good at football, they were so good at basketball and whatnot, and now they're just doing regular jobs. It's kind of like, it's kind of crazy. As you grow up, you really get to see who actually stays on their path and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Like, um, like the other day, I thought, I saw one of my old teammates from when I used to play football, um, I was just like thinking to myself afterwards. I was like, "It's crazy how things change so quickly when you grow up, and you get to look back on things, and you're like, you know what? I'm actually still staying on my path, and it's something to be proud of." So
0: it is. It really, really, really is, man. It's something to be proud of. And stay on that path. Keep pushing. Keep going forward. Never stop working, and, and 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 have faith, bro. Yeah. Um,
1: also, quote cool, many are cool, but few are chosen. You're doing your thing, man. Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. All right, just to end on, what, what, what would you sort of say to encourage young people out there that, that might want to pursue a career in basketball or want, might want to pursue sport but are getting lots of backlash from potentially family or school or just they might have low confidence? Because confidence is a huge thing in sport. You have to be quite mm-hmm. confident in yeah. yourself and in your own ability. So yeah. what would you sort of say yeah. to those people?
2: I mean, I was going to highlight that as well. Confidence, especially in basketball, like confidence is like 80% of your game like if you're confident you can do so much more things and I think to someone who's listening right now someone who's trying to become a basketball player at the highest level or just an athlete overall just believe in yourself because at the end of the day there's nobody that's going to believe in you as much as you do so you really just need to be able to channel yourself from a young age and don't keep your eyes off the target so even when things are going right because there's going to be ups and downs like I remember when I was up in Sheffield, there were points where I just wanted to give up. I really just wanted to go home because it wasn't going my way. But just know that in those times, that's when things are getting better. Even though it doesn't seem like it, that's when you're getting stronger. And you will see that later on. So to someone who's listening right now and just aspiring to be a high-level athlete, an elite athlete, just keep grinding, literally. Just keep grinding. Don't listen to anything negative anybody's saying. Just take the positives
0: and just stay true to yourself literally don't change for anything that's awesome that's that's beautiful and yeah for everyone here just even if you're not in sport and you have a dream you have something you really want to achieve whatever it is just go for it push
2: oh yeah that's push, through, got, yeah. push through the
0: struggle push through the yeah. pain with the yeah. difficulty and, you, and you'll come out you'll come out on the other way man you, you really yeah. will that's awesome man was there anything else Camille that you wanted to add that you wanted to inform the people that you wanted to let us know I And
2: mean, that's it for now you know I'm going to keep it a little bit mysterious I'm not going to say too much
0: aye <laughs> aye um, we're, we're yeah. cool with that yeah that's yeah, good that's good Yeah. Man. and then um once that news drops and, and, and all of that we'll, we'll update the people and then
2: 100% we can, man 100%. We, can, we can see and, in a coming, year man. It,
0: yeah, yeah in a year from now we'll, we'll come back and we'll see what's changed you know
2: yeah that's all that's
0: that's what's, up. That's what's up, man. We appreciate you coming on, man. We really do. Thank you for man. having me. Thank you. It's been, it's been a long time coming, bro. And we, we're obviously supporting your right. journey. and Keep us up to date on what's going on, man. You yes, know? sir. That's what's up. JT, you got anything else for us, man?
1: I was going to say, part two is coming, man. We need to need to schedule another 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 chat.
0: Um, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I'm on that. Another we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that for sure, man. Keep it short and sweet for you guys, man. If you guys want some more, keep you guys wanting some more. I'm
2: telling them what they need to know. That's it. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. That's,
0: good. That's good. That's good. Where's my intro? Where's, where's my outro? Anyway, um, <laughs> yo, it's been your boy Tez and my wonderful co-host JT. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we've got so much stuff coming for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this one, and look out for part two. Be on the way. So factos, factos. Peace out, you guys, man. God bless. Stay safe. Love. Take care, man.
2: Take care.